This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. Hi, this is Toby Cavalli Bob of Leisure Outdoor Adventures. Welcome to Paul Bunyan Country. Hey, it's time to check in with Jason Durham of Go Fish Guide Service. Jason, welcome back. Hey, thanks, Kevin. Uh, you know, good to be on the show. I know that a lot of people have a lot of questions <laughs> about what's happening right now. And I know a lot of people have a lot of enthusiasm for getting out on the ice. Uh, but, boy, we are in an unprecedented position right now. We are, and we'll get in that in a second. But I do have to find out how uh, how was Christmas and New Year's. Oh, it was good. I I guided. Uh, you know, obviously for me as a school teacher, I have a number of days off for the holiday break, and I always guide during that time. And and there's a couple that come up from Missouri. I've probably mentioned them before, and um, we spent all of Christmas break out chasing fish on the ice. But we did cancel the last day just because of conditions, you know, I just, I, I turned to them and I said, you know, we don't have to do this. Don't feel like you're obligated to do this because of me, because you've got the time booked with me. Safety is imperative and is number one, of course. Uh, but we, we uh, tried to get out on three different lakes and couldn't access them, mm. which is a pretty good indicator from the beginning that you <laughs> probably shouldn't go out there. <laughs> they said, well, you know, we could just, if we just had some, long planks we could probably get out there which we could have i mean we do that in the spring sometimes too and you almost have to treat fishing right now like it is springtime with all of those safety precautions but that was in the morning and it was supposed to be warm and it was supposed to be windy and it's incredible it's incredible how much the ice changes just throughout the day with no snow on the ice right now it's amazing just to see how like the surface of the ice changes with the rain that we had, uh, with the wind and the drainage of all that water. I mean, some of the patterns that you'd see on the ice were incredible, like mosaics. I took lots of pictures and, you know, I, I tell people all the time that there's a lot more to fishing than catching fish. And we got to witness something that, I mean, really we've never seen that in our lifetime. We've never experienced weather like this in our lifetime. I mean, I don't care who you talk to, how old they are, they haven't experienced, you know, a weather system like this either. So it's unprecedented territory. And the one thing that I guess I would just add is that it's unprecedented for the fish too. Mm -hmm. So we, we want to go and we want to make all these assumptions about what they're doing or what they're not doing and trying to relate that to, you know, the weather systems or the calendar or whatever it is, but this is all foreign. And so you might have to think outside of the box a little bit when you're going out to catch some fish in these next couple of weeks. Yeah, I you know, um, we obviously all know the stories of Red Lake, and, you know, you can't even put a vehicle out there right now. Um, what about your area in general? How, how dangerous is it? How safe is it? Right, right. So, I mean, you go back to the old adage of there's no ice is ever 100% safe. You always have to have that in the back of your mind. And some level, I, I want to say, like, some level of fear is good because you should be wary of ice always and, and just have an awareness of, of your surroundings, your environment um, to make sure that you're safe out there. But um, yeah, I, you know, the, the ice is looking good for the most part. 
but I don't want to encourage anybody to go out and, and have them go on a body of water that isn't safe because there's a lot of variability right now. Mm-hmm. Our smaller lakes are looking really good. I mean, you've got, most of them have about seven inches of ice. Okay. And people have told me like, oh, we found nine inches. I've measured every hole that I've cut. And well, I shouldn't say every, I've measured a lot of holes. And I honestly, I haven't seen more than eight inches. And I saw that ice deteriorate a little bit over a few days. Um, Just this little bit of cold that we're going to get this week, which isn't like a lot, but to have it get below freezing and stay below freezing is a big deal. So, you know, it's unfortunate to see uh, some of the businesses that are going to suffer because of it. Um, you know, people talk about the summer season being short, even though winter is many months longer, many, 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 many months longer than summer. Uh, there's still not a lot of operational time for it, for these resorts. If you think about it, they really have, uh, the holiday break, you know, right after Christmas. And then, uh, you've got January and February and that's about it. I mean, Lake of the Woods mm-hmm. a little bit different, um, but, you know, and, and people say, well, it's unfortunate for those businesses because they're, you know, having loss of revenue and stuff. But you know what is beneficial to the people who aren't involved in the fishing industry at all, aren't banking on having people go through their launch or anything like that? Lower heating costs for the winter is really nice for the people <laughs> that don't have to that don't have to bank on tourism. Right. And, and so it is different and you got to look at some of those positive attributes of it and, and try to keep things in a positive light. Cause you can, I mean, you could really get down on yourself. Winter's mm-hmm. tough as it is in terms of a lot of people around here suffer, suffer from seasonal depression, myself included, mm-hmm. because we just don't have a lot of daylight. And then when you take away one of these outlets for people, it gets hard, so but it's not going to last for long. That's the good news, Kev. It's not going to last for long. People are going to be out and about in no time. Part of me thinks that it might have actually invigorated sales for portable fish houses a little bit, sure. because a lot of these people that own you know big wheel houses aren't able to get them out, and they still have the itch to get out fishing. So uh, you know, I think some of these uh, hub style houses and flipovers um, have definitely been attractive to people that want to get out on the ice. Well, I tell you, you know, you, you start thinking about all these fundraising, you know, ice fishing tournaments that, that are scheduled and that's a, that's a little bit dicey. You know, I'm thinking about uh, the huge Brainerd JC's ice fishing extravaganza, tons of people on Gull Lake, supposedly going to be February 7th. Can, can that possibly happen? I mean, I guess it could, but current, uh, current trends would indicate maybe not. Right, exactly. And you look at not just the event itself in terms of, you know, oh, this is our annual event that we've gone to for the last 20 years. Um, missing that is one thing, but all of the funds that are raised for these different organizations, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to miss out on that. But I, I, will, I will tell you this. Here in Parker Rapids, we have a big event, the American Legion uh, Community Ice Fishing Contest. But I typically attend that one. It's a fun one to fish. Um, but we, we've canceled it only a couple times over, I don't know how many decades. And I think it's only been twice. And those are the only two years that we've sold out on our tickets are the two years that they didn't actually have the event. 
mm-hmm. because they give away those raffle prizes and a raffle ticket is, you've got way better odds than a lottery ticket of winning. So people take their best chance and buy those tickets. So some of those funds are still going to be there. Um, but in terms of, from a safety standpoint, you know, even like for myself on that last day of, of guiding this couple and me calling it and saying, you know, we're not going to go out. I mean, we had, we had been on the ice. Mm-hmm. We had been walking around and when I had three different times where I set foot on the ice and a crack shot out from under my foot about 20 feet, I determined that, you know, you just have to make that call. At some point you have to make a determination of what is safe and what is not. And with those tournaments, it's going to be hard to be the person to make that call. Oh, yes. It, it absolutely either, is. Either way, either way, whether they have it or whether they don't. And, there's a lot there's a lot on the line there in terms of ensuring people's safety. So can it happen? I mean it could, but I mean these weather trends look like they're gonna remain as is for the most part. So I mean we need some we need some sub zero temperatures. I didn't think I'd ever say that. Gosh, do we need below zero right now? <laughs> well that would that would help a lot in a very short amount of time. That's it correct. definitely would, and with with no snow on the ice, it'll make ice fast. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, whether those events take place, I don't know. We're we're gonna have to, we're just gonna have to wait and see. So, how are the fish behaving in this very strange winterish we've had? Well, I would. I, that was a really good term. Strange, strange <laughs> is, yeah, pretty much right on the nose. You know, we've had days where the fish have bit, you know, really well. And then um, what we've experienced more than anything is a lot of lethargy um, in the fish around here, whether it's the panfish or pike, walleye. We're still catching fish, don't get me wrong, but you can see that some days it's, it's, man, to get them to open their mouths is really, really tricky. You just have to keep moving. You have to keep hammering out holes. Um, One of the challenges right now, too, when I mentioned not having any snow on the ice, that obviously complicates things a little bit, not only from a fishing standpoint where there is really no cover. It's, it's almost like not having cloud cover, but you do have those cloudy days too, so it doesn't matter. But on those sunny days with all that light penetration that's getting in below the ice, it'd be nice to have some snow patches that you can kind of hover above or set your fish house up on. But you also got to think about it from the safety standpoint. Like, I would not go out on a lake right now without cleats. Mm-hmm. And I've seen some people that have, you know, shuffled out there and whatever. But, man, just drilling and drilling a hole. And you pull that auger up, and now the ice is wet. You take one step, and you can end up on your back, on your face, on your arm. And I don't think anybody really wants to try hauling their stuff in with a broken arm or a broken leg to go to... <laughs> the ER because it's really hard to pack up back in your truck when you're in that condition. (laughs) Yeah, I imagine it would be. Let's think logically here. Go buy a good pair of cleats, but then again, that complicates things because as you're walking on the ice, it's loud. It's Mm -hmm. really loud. Are we alerting fish? For sure. And I see a bigger impact from ice cleats when those fish are in a neutral, the negative mood, that they'll be much more greatly impacted. When they're in a you know, positive feeding mood, a lot of times that noise on the ice doesn't make much of a difference. Um, but I haven't seen too many fish that have been super eager to bite either. So 
you know, if you can get out there and you can get in your fish house and take off the cleats, that's great. But I'm not doing that. I'm leaving my cleats on all of the time. And it might mean that we catch a few less fish, but uh, we definitely have to make safety a priority. Yeah, we do. I mean, again, um, we've just seen so far, you know, they've been up on Red Lake five different times in the last month. Nobody's died. Nobody's been injured. But there's hundreds of people that have been affected by this. For sure. And and that's a really difficult thing. And it's something that I've thought about in great depth that, of course, of course, we don't want anybody in a compromised situation. Of course, we don't want rescue workers to have to leave their homes and their families to go put their lives at risk to go and help out with these situations. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, this is part of our way of life. Mm-hmm. This is part no. of what it's like living here that, I mean, what, what are you going to say that, okay, nobody, nobody can use our resources. The resources of why we live here, they're off limits now. And you have to trust that people are going to make educated decisions for the most part. Um, but, I mean, yeah, let's say you close down Red Lake. Is that going to keep everybody off of the lake? I, I'm, I mean... You'd almost have to have law enforcement at every access ensuring it, flying over the lake, making sure nobody goes out on it. But it's part of where we live. It's almost like it's an operational hazard. And I'm not encouraging anybody to put themselves, to go out on on red past the track and put themselves at risk. And, And most of the people have been really good about listening to what the resorts are advising. Um, but you're always going to have a few that don't follow directions. I've seen that before, Kev. <laughs> as 23 years as a kindergarten teacher, I have seen a student not follow a direction before. Can you believe that? <laughs> shocking. Shocking, I say. <laughs> I know, it's shocking. Um, and then I just I, I think about the whole economy, revenue, all of that. You, you never say money comes before safety. Never, ever, ever. Um, but if you look at the, the, the number, the total number of people that are going out ice fishing, the total number of people that are going on Red Lake or Lake of the Woods or any small lake around here, that the vast, vast majority are safe mm-hmm. and get back without an issue. Um, I mean, if, if you looked at the number of people that have had to be rescued over the last, I don't care, five years, it is going to be a percentage of a percent that that's that they've needed assistance. But at the same time, those are the events that get highlighted in the media. So everybody knows about those events. Could you imagine what our newspapers and and online resources would be like if every day we posted an article that said, you know, 4,700 people made it safely off the ice today. Mm-hmm. Right. Nobody did get excited about it. Right. And, we, and really, we should be celebrating that, and we should be highlighting it, because in general, ice anglers are incredibly safe. And it's, it's hard for me to see when you know, something like that happens, like what happened with the 122 anglers up on Red Lake um, or what happened on Lake of the Woods, any of that stuff. It's happened on Superior. It's happened on Lake Erie. Um, it's hard to see people that 
haven't been in that situation or don't have experience ice fishing that just start calling people names and wishing harm upon them, mm -hmm. which doesn't make sense to me. No. You know? Like I saw somebody comment, just shut down all cell service around Red Lake. <sighs> really? And let people fend for themselves. And then when they go on an ice flow and start floating out, you know, they'll have to walk several miles, but they'll learn a lesson. I'm pretty sure they probably learned a lesson no matter what. Yeah. But well, we don't need people to get hurt for that to happen. Right. And, and some of these events on Red have been highly unusual, you know. Um, for sure. It's not like they were standing on two inches of ice. They weren't. Right. You know, it's... It's it's a well, strange body of water, and wind does weird things there. And, you know, you get out there on a calm day, and all of a sudden it gets windy. That that changes everything. For sure. And that goes back to the whole part of this is unprecedented territory for us. Yeah. So it's, not, it's not just Red Lake. It's all these lakes that the consistency of ice varies greatly. And I'm not even talking about the thickness. I'm talking about its integrity. And, you know, five inches of ice can vary greatly in terms of the load that it can support. So, you know, with that whole unprecedented part of it, the ice is acting in ways that we haven't seen either because we haven't had fluctuations in temperature like this before. So, yeah, you talk about heaves and buckling and, you know, things breaking apart. Um, I You can't predict it. Mm -mm. No, it's... Again, the word unprecedented is is correct, and everybody's still trying to figure it out. Everybody can we can we make that the 2024 word of the year <laughs> yes. for Bemidji, the Bemidji area? The word of the year is unprecedented. We said it at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Usually, they wait till the end of the year to discuss this. But I'm Jason Durham, the smarter and better looking Jason, and this. It's Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Winter has set in. Bemidji, the first city on the Mississippi, comes alive during the frozen winter months. Whether you explore the hundreds of miles worth of trails by either snowmobile or snowshoe, Bemidji captures Minnesota at its finest. There are 400 lakes close by, perfect for that weekend ice fishing getaway. Located in the heart of northern Minnesota, Bemidji. Hotels, B&Bs, and year-round resorts, Bemidji has you covered for your perfect winter getaway. All reasons why Paul Bunyan and Babe call Bemidji home. For more details, go to visitbemidji.com. I'm Bruce Dean, and this is Paul Bunyan Country. Now, I don't know if there will be a more unique story in the North Country this year than the winter of 2024, 23-24. Here's what's going to be interesting to me and interesting to a lot of people is what happens next. Yeah? I mean, I've said it. I, I don't know how many years I've said this, Kevin. There is no normal anymore. You've heard me say it numerous times. There is no normal and this is just such a great example of it, too. And next year, are we in the same situation? Is it even warmer? Do we have what we would consider a normal winter? Who knows? That's a real well, nobody. Nobody would be the answer no, to that question. Nobody knows. <laughs> but you know what? We're all going to get to experience it, and we'll have stories to tell. Big thing that I, I said on a, a different interview I did last week was uh, go outside and take pictures. Mm -hmm. T 
take the time to take some pictures because you will show your grandkids about this. You'll show them the green grass from Christmas in 2023. Uh, but if you don't have any evidence, then it's just all stories and they're going to think you're a liar. <laughs> oh, there's grandpa telling silly stories <laughs> again. Grandpa's been in a sauce. He's telling the <laughs> stories again. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> well, tell us, you know, you're you're savvy. You've been on all kinds of different ice for most of your life. Um, yes. How can we tell whether we're on something that's got integrity or not? Well, I'm really glad that we got just a little a little bit of snow. Um, it would be nice to have you know a couple inches on the ice because that can help identify some things too. You can see where you've got uh, areas that are wet. Um, and a lot of times, you know, water on the ice has to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. It's not just going to sit there forever. Eventually, it will uh, penetrate through the ice. Um, and those are the areas that can become compromised in terms of safety. So being able to see where there's any uh, standing water, of course, you never go near a track. I mean, I shouldn't say that. Because we all say avoid cracks and everybody goes near cracks. But you do have to be diligent about it, and especially when you have buckling, when you have heaves, uh, you got to be ultra diligent about that because it's not just the track that you can see that's compromised ice. It can be all, all around it. Um, the other thing right now that is so important, because I know people on some of these small lakes are taking out ATVs, um, snowmobiles, side-by-sides, but get off the lake before dark don't travel after dark it is it's not worth it mm -hmm. because with that rain that we got we had areas of that were draining i remember seeing this little hole in the ice that was i don't know an inch inch wide in diameter and my guide clients were noting it because they called it the toilet bowl because <laughs> there's water water flowing into it and it just kept circling like you flush the toilet and as the day went on now all of a sudden this hole is four inches wide now it's eight inches wide well, you can imagine after a couple of days, that's a hole that you can step in and your foot gets wet or worse. So, you know, don't, don't chance it. If, if you don't have to stay after dark, don't. Mm -hmm. Because you can, get, you can get twisted around so easily after dark, even though you can say, well, I've got GPS and I've got headlamps and I've got this and that and whatever. Uh, but still, you're missing your ability to see and, and see a wider area around you and take everything in. So, you know, that's, that's a big thing. Of course, I'm always bringing my chisel with, and I'm, you know, I'm checking the ice as I'm going. And there's a lot of work to do it. If you've got a long walk and you're hitting that spud bar every couple steps, it's a lot of work, but it's worth it. Yeah. So, yeah, and then, of course, you know, like I say, ice cleats, uh, picks, I've got a float suit. Most people, if you've bought an ice suit in the last couple of years, um, you, you've got flotation in your suit because most companies have incorporated that in some way or another. If you don't have it, might be time to, uh, you know, upgrade to a, to a suit with flotation. And, uh, and then I always carry a rope, too. Clam makes a great rope that is weighted, uh, and it just packs in this nice little pouch. I always have that with two just in case. And I can say I've fortunately never had to use that. I've never had to use my ice picks. I've been wet before. But I've probably shared this story with you before that one spring I went through the ice up to my neck, and I had, 
ice picks around my neck and I never even reached for them. <laughs> so you, I mean, because you're not used to it. Sure. You know, you don't, you don't get wet every day. So you don't just naturally grab for them. So, you know, until you're in that situation, you don't know how you're going to react. So be prepared for anything. Okay. Mm. So did you get any uh, fun, uh, you know, outdoor fishing toys for Christmas? Yeah, I, I, I really didn't. And <laughs> I, I don't, I don't usually. Yeah. You pretty much have everything, right? Well, you'd think that anybody that's buying me a gift would go, oh, he loves to fish. Let's just buy him something outdoor related and it'll be a slam dunk. Nobody ever buys me fishing gifts. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm kind of sad about it, but, but, um, I did get a, a Christmas tree ornament from one of my students mm-hmm. that is a picture of me holding a big northern pike. And it's fantastic. I, that's one of my favorite gifts ever around the holidays is when my students give me a Christmas tree ornament because I always put their name on it and I put the year on it. And then when I go and decorate the tree in my classroom every year, I get to reminisce about those great memories. So if you're, if you're listening, you got kids in school and you never know what to get the teacher, buy them a Christmas tree ornament because they're going to remember your kids for the rest of their lives. That's, that's a great idea. Absolutely great idea. I think idea. so too. Um, you know, I kept over the years, I've gotten so many world's best teacher, number one teacher, you have mugs with apples on it. It's always mugs. <laughs> and I don't, I don't drink coffee. So I just accumulate these mugs and, and I am the self-proclaimed king of re-gifting. <laughs> and I hope nobody that's ever given me a gift is listening right now because I will take whatever great gift you gave me and I will give it to somebody else. So my entire family has world's best teacher and number one teacher. They all have those coffee mugs. I don't have a single one. So you just blew the first question of the Fast Five, just so you know. Oh, what was it? Are you a coffee drinker? Uh, (laughs) Now you know. Yeah, we know early. I, I drink coffee twice a year. Well, maybe three times a year, but it's only when I stay in hotels and I have to make it taste like not coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Just tons of sugar, tons of cream. Otherwise, it tastes like a fistful of black dirt that somebody ran some warm water over. Agree to disagree. Ah, so, okay, say somebody then got either a gift card to, say, a Reed's or Northwoods Bait or some some outdoor store or got cash. What, if they're an outdoor person, should they use that for this year? Well, how much cash are we talking about? Uh, well, okay, uh, let's, let's, let's just throw electronics out of the picture here. Okay, okay. Anything besides electronics? You know, um... Gosh, there's so many things. Do I have like do I have like a hundred dollars? Two hundred dollars? <laughs> All right, let's let's say let's say a hundred bucks. If I had a hundred bucks, I'd probably go and buy a really good pair of gloves. Okay. Waterproof gloves. Yeah. And That's and you know, idea. I'm a clam I'm a clam guy, so ice armor is my jam. And they've got so many I mean, for any anything that you're doing outside. And it doesn't have to be related to ice fishing. Mm -hmm. I mean, you think about all the other things that people do 
where they're wearing gloves in the winter, especially in Minnesota. But to have gloves that are warm, waterproof, windproof, uh, yeah, get a good pair of gloves. And I'm going to give you the, the teacher bit of advice. Mm -hmm. Put your name and phone number inside of them, and you'll be surprised at how many times you get those gloves back. I uh, Yes, I think sports people are people of high integrity by and large. I agree with you. Oh, for sure. I mean, if I found, I'll tell you this, if I found a glove in a parking lot, in a public access parking lot, right? Mm -hmm. And I just looked at, I, you know, you're just going to leave it. Like you'd hope that the person came back. But if you look at that glove and it's got a name and phone number, you're like, this person took that time to ensure that they could get this glove back. I'm going to take the time to make sure that happens. Excellent. Okay. But even on your even on your gear, like in the inside of your rod box of your rod case, put your name and phone number because I I mean I every year you see it on social media where somebody goes I found this rod case if you can describe what's inside I'll get it back to you and it's just kind of this you know chase of tracking down the person who owns it make it easy for them okay. or better yet don't forget your stuff <laughs> don't forget your stuff. All right. Um, anything else, Jason? Oh, gosh. Oh, that I would buy with this money? Sure. Well, beef beef jerky. <laughs> I mean, that's a, isn't that a no-brainer? You're standing, uh, you're standing in line waiting to go to the till to buy your gloves, and you're like, I've got $15 extra on buying beef jerky. It's not, uh, there are worse things to spend your money on. That's a Absolutely. fact. Absolutely. Yeah. True, true. All right, are you yeah, ready? I'm ready. I'm All right, ready. here we go. It's time for the Fast Five with an adjustment to question number one. <laughs> one three, five. Fast Five. The new question number one. Since you are not a coffee drinker, how do you get your caffeine fix? Oh, that's easy. Coke Zero. It's the best thing in the world. I drink way too much of it. In fact, when I die, I want them to list Coke Zero as the cause of death. <laughs> not, not like not like I died because of complications from drinking too much of it. I want them to list it like it was the disease. I died of Coke Zero. <laughs> okay. What did he die of? Coke Zero. Coke Zero. Oh. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Question number two, as a kid or even as an adult, when it's cartoon time, you go in Disney or Warner Brothers? Oh, Warner Brothers all the way. Yeah. I'm with you, man. They're... And I think that's just because that's what I grew up with. No. Bugs, Daffy, Sylvester. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Foghorn Leghorn. Foghorn Leghorn. I love Foghorn Leghorn. All right. Question number three. What is your favorite black and white movie? Or have you ever seen it? Do, <laughs> do I even know of a black and white movie? Well, what was it? You know, that was a pretty good idea, too. Uh, I'm trying to think of what the name of the movie was. Somethingville, where the movie was in black and white, and then as the movie progressed, people... Pleasantville. Uh, Pleasantville, yes. And they turned, they, they, they got, they became colored. Yes. 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 
That's a good one. I like Pleasant. That was, that was a good one. All right. We I, won't discuss how they became colored. Yeah, you got to watch the movie to find out. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Everybody go read that movie. <laughs> if uh, you're over 18. Right. <laughs> Young Frankenstein's another good black and white one. Oh, yeah. I wasn't never really into it. Okay. Oh, yeah. I got a, I got, okay. I got something black and white for you, but it's not a movie. It's something that I, I deeply, deeply love. Okay. Three Stooges. Good stuff. <laughs> Talk about iconic. Yes. Yes. Yeah, three, yes, I can't argue with that. All right. Question number four. If you have to choose one, you're choosing 50 below or 90 above? 90 above. I'm with you. N- not- I think, yeah, not... Stuff breaks at fifty below. <laughs> the other thing is, when it's ninety, you still you still catch fish. When it's fifty below, mm, not as many fish. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the governor's called off school in the state three times in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, once when I was in high school, and we went out fishing. By the way, we moved the fish house that day when it was wind chills of over fifty below. Moved the fish house. I was dressed appropriately in a pair of sweatpants because that's what high school kids wear when it's 50 below. Sure. And we, yeah. we moved my buddy's dad's fish house and he said, do not step where the hole was because he had a spear hole. Do not step where the spear hole was because there's just a thin skim of ice over it. And so we moved the house and I stepped right in the hole. <laughs> so it's 50 below wearing sweatpants. I did the worst thing you could imagine. I got wet. But then, but then as a teacher, twice the governor has called off school for the state, and I went fishing that second time and caught nothing again. I mean, I yeah. caught fish, but it was, I mean, they were just very, very lethargic. Um, and then the third time that they called off school for the state, I said, I don't need to go. I don't need to make myself do this. So I sat inside and watched Three Stooges. There you go. That's, we're, tying them, we're tying two of them together right there. Yeah, yeah. All right, question number five. This is kind of an 80s versus 90s question. Ooh. It's an 80s versus 90s music question to be exact. Are you going with Under Pressure or are you going with Ice Ice Baby? Oh... I'm going to go with under pressure. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Yeah, I mean, just from the beginning of that song. Oh, it hooked you right away. Uh, Ice Ice Baby. Yeah, Vanilla Ice. I actually, in high school, uh, trimmed my eyebrow to look like Vanilla Ice. (laughs) I know. I need pictures. I Uh, Well, I don't know if you want this one, Kev, because for our spring school pictures, they let us pose however we wanted. Oh. And I had a buddy who dared me to dress like a Chippendales dancer. (laughs) So my school picture, I know there's a lot, there's a lot going on in this picture. Oh. I am shirtless with a bow tie. A mullet 
and my vanilla ice brow going. <laughs> no, I really do want to see that. <laughs> okay, I'll text it to you. I'll get it to you. It's something. It's some, I just need to warn you in advance that you can't unsee it once you look at it. Can I put it on Facebook? You can do it. Sure, it's been on Facebook. I used to be really upset about this picture, I'll be honest. My sister blew it up into a poster size. And, and she would have it at events and things that I'd go to. And, and, I, and I would steal it. I would steal it and I'd rip it up into a million pieces. I'd be so mad about this. And for my 40th birthday, my family had a surprise party for me. And they had these posters everywhere. I thought I had gotten rid of the last one. <coughs> and they were absolutely everywhere. Um, and so now I've just embraced it. I need this. If if nothing else, I'll get more clicks, and that's you know that's important. So, <laughs> I, you better be careful. I might get a poster size and frame it and send it up to you. <laughs> I have. I know where I'll put it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right, right above the heart in your home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. I can't wait to see this. I cannot wait to see this. I, I didn't know the Fast Five was going to take us there today, but that's the beauty of the Fast Five. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Well, if uh, if people want to see your picture or, uh, you know, do a little <laughs> ice fishing or soft water fishing, which might be one and the same this winter, we'll have to wait and see. How do they get a hold of you and get something set up, Jason? Well, you can always find me on my cell phone, which is area code 218-252-2278. Or, of course, you can find me on social media, uh, either on Facebook or Instagram. It's just under Jason Durham or Go Fish. And then, of course, on my website, which is go-fish-guides.com, or if you just put in Park Rapids Area Fishing Guides, Go Fish Guide Service will come up. And I urge anybody who's coming to the area under no obligation to do a guide trip, reach out. If you want ice conditions, even on a specific lake, call me, text me, email me. I would much rather have somebody reach out than have somebody be in a compromised situation because they didn't have all of the information. So never feel like you're bothering me because you're not. This is the stuff that I live for is helping others out and helping people catch more fish. This is why we love Jason Durham so much. Great to have him on the show once again today. Jason, thanks for the time. Thanks for the insight. I can't wait to see the picture I can never unsee. (laughs) Hey, thanks for having me, Kevin, for those getting out. And like I say, it's going to happen fast where we're going to be back on ice. And I I mean, there's already people on ice, but just use your head, be safe. And I hope everybody has a really successful month of January because we're going to get out there.